And I suppose for me, like so many skills, it's the planning, it's the budgeting, it's the communicating with other people. And um, you kind of being having that social awareness that you're you're not taking risks that are too high, but you're also not 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 taking any risks at all because you need to be able to travel around you need to be able to trust people and that they have your back and that they are looking out for you and like there's so many instances of taking public transport there where you don't speak the language and there was one time where three of us together bought tickets for a bus an overnight bus in Laos and um we uh arrived at the bus station later that that evening to take the bus and there was a guy and there was myself and my friend and he somehow got onto the foreigner bus, let's call it, because, that, you know, there's a, the foreigner bus and there's the local bus. And they said they had no record of our booking and we ended up on the local bus and we got dropped in the middle of nowhere then. Whereas he, when he, we met up with him subsequently and he had, he got dropped off in somewhere that was um, much more central with, with lodgings and, and hotels and guest houses around, whereas we got dumped in the middle of nowhere with, you know, it was pitch black. It was the middle of the night and we started having to knock on doors, you know, just experiences like that. And um, I guess it, it teaches you a bit of resilience as well, because you can't get bogged down with like fear and what's going to happen. You have to just pick yourself up and be like, right, we're in this situation. What do we do? And we just knocked on doors until we found somewhere overnight the next morning it was bright we could see then like this is where we are and actually it was the other side of town um across a, a big kind of field is where the main tourist area was and where we should have been dropped but we weren't hello everyone welcome to another bonus episode from my 31 days of transferable skills initiative that i held on LinkedIn. My guests spoke about transferable skills that they gained from unpaid care work, extensive traveling, volunteering, being an expat, caregiving and more. Today my guest is Eva O'Brien. Eva is the founder of Happier at Work and she hosts a podcast with the same name as well. Eva has a 20 year plus background in the analytics in the FMCG CPG market research space. Today, she's going to share with us the transferable skills that she learned while traveling extensively around the world. Hello, Eva. Welcome Hi, to Darren. the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such a privilege to be here today. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you so much for being my guest again. It's it's really lovely every time we talk and. I also wanted to say thank you, particularly you recently had a COVID um, yeah. sickness. So thank you for, despite that, you know, coming onto the show. I'm still here to to tell the tale. Yeah, definitely. And it's great. It's great to be here. And um, as you mentioned, yeah, I had COVID. I got, I started symptoms about two and a half weeks ago. I was pretty much in bed for about two weeks, but uh, back working this week, which I hadn't planned to do because I thought I'd be finished up for Christmas right. by now. But here we are and uh, still working, still working away and uh, happy to do so. But um, yeah, wow. still have some of the symptoms, but you know, for the most part, um, I'm over the worst of it for sure. And I'm glad to get it out of the way so that I can celebrate the holidays with my family. And I mentioned just before we started uh, going live that I'm traveling to Tenerife in January for a month. 
um, to do some remote working from there. So I'm glad to have it out of the way, so to speak, before I go there. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and it, that's a perfect segue as we will be talking a lot about traveling today. Yeah. But yeah. first, um, there might be people who do not know you yet. And so I've asked my guests to please introduce themselves with some facts according to the working out loud method. Absolutely. And there's probably a lot of people who don't know who I am. So I'm happy to, to share. And I did write down some notes just to kind of help me and, and give me a bit of a prompt around like, who am I? What are the kind of things? <laughs> In this method, I really like this, this kind of human-centered approach. Um, my name is Aoife O'Brien. So for anyone, you know, it's a you'll see it typed up there. It is an unusual name in that anyone outside of Ireland, I think, doesn't know how to pronounce it. But I say to people to read my name backwards, like EFA, and that will kind of help them to, to know how to pronounce it. And it's given that we're talking about travel and going traveling around the world with a name like that uh, caused a few issues let's say people just <laughs> didn't have a clue and living abroad and living in various different places people did not know how to say my name but a few facts about me I love baking and especially during the pandemic I learned how to bake loads of new things I don't want to sound like too much of a cliche but I did learn how to make sourdough bread you know I have to make the starter I learned how to make uh, cookies I made Jamaican ginger cake and um, banana chocolate chip muffins, all of those kind of, oh, all delicious, but I live by myself. So it's uh, probably not ideal for the waistline. Um, I absolutely love doing jigsaw puzzles as well. And I'm a real problem solver by nature. I love doing board games and all of those, anything that requires a little bit of strategy. And it kind of ties in nicely with my background in my career. I always worked in data and analyzing data to solve problems so I'm that kind of like that's how my brain works I love doing those kind of um escape rooms and things even if they're the online version now that we're in the you know still restricted with what we can do and, and things like that but I love doing all of those types of things and um, I have one niece and one nephew um they are in Germany for Christmas my brother's married to a German woman and they flew yesterday to Christmas so we won't have them around for Christmas uh, she's six months and he is two. Um, and I am the founder of a business called Happier at Work and a podcast of the same name. And I know, Karen, you're a lovely guest on my podcast as well uh, last year. And probably around this time last year, and we we went, we did a LinkedIn Live because I remember wearing our Christmas hats and, and everything. Yes. So it was very exciting. Um, yes, yes. The podcast has been running since August 2019. So two, two years and four months or thereabouts and about... I think 85 episodes, I think now. I had to skip an episode because I was sick. So I was like, I'm not putting myself under pressure to record and to put something out there when I really don't need to. And I think if I were to take some lessons from having had COVID, like that is the thing, you know, I felt like I was really busy coming up to Christmas. And actually, if I think about what I did get done, which is pretty much nothing in those two weeks, and in this week, I'm trying to take it as easy as possible. And, and the world hasn't ended, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it just goes to show we put so much pressure on ourselves to get things done when actually other people don't necessarily know that we're doing all that stuff, that it's all going on in the background. And, you know, it, I'm still here to tell the tale. And, I, you know, the, the like I say, the world hasn't ended. It's not brain surgery that I'm doing. It's not a life or death situation. And the fact that I couldn't 
work for a couple of weeks and that I had to rest my body um, and the brain fog that I got was, just, you know, what day is today? And you can't think of stuff. And um, it was just pretty horrendous. But it just, I suppose, goes to show that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to deliver when other people's expectations aren't necessarily the same as our own. That is such a good, you know, lesson or, yeah. you know, or, you know, experience you had in that respect for, you know, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, and especially during the Christmas and, uh, you know, holiday season as a whole, I've noticed also that this year in particular, there are many more out of office kind of messages oh, yeah, in, yeah. on LinkedIn in particular, you know, saying, see you after the break or see yeah. you in the new year. And I think that's really important, especially as we are here now, two years into the pand pandemic, really, yeah. to to yeah. have a break. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is it. And, and like, it just, it made me think that next year I need to be, like my words that I'm taking into next year is intention or intentional. And I want to be more intentional about the breaks that I take next year rather than waiting till a time when I really, really need one. It's like building those breaks in, in advance so that I don't, I, you know, it's not that I had burnout, but um, my body certainly at that stage needed to rest anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned you're going to travel next year to Tenerife. So I'd yeah. love to hear more about it a little bit later. First, yeah. I'd love to understand. So when you were starting your career, did yeah. you ever think about, you know, living abroad or traveling extensively? Um, you know, interestingly, I, I've traveled since I was quite young. My dad um, was a pilot. He is he's retired now. Um, but I always was kind of interested in travel. We always traveled quite a lot when when we were kids as well. And uh, throughout university, I spent time living abroad. So I, I spent um, a summer living in Frankfurt in Germany, actually, one summer. Um, I spent two summers in the States, one in Montauk in Long Island and another in Chicago. And then I had a year abroad in Barcelona, uh, oh. part of my Erasmus year as well. Um, and that was even, you know, that was all pre-starting my career and really, really enjoyed those experiences. And um then I suppose when I started working, I always had in my mind that I would love to live in London. So I'm from Dublin originally, well, you know, and still living here now or back living here now. Um, but London is kind of like, let's say the bigger city, the big smoke compared to Dublin, whereas other parts of Ireland might consider Dublin the big smoke. For someone from Dublin, it's like, what's bigger than Dublin right, and right. would be London. And uh, for for a long time, I talked about living in London, moving to London, all of that, all of those kind of things. And actually, um, it, it I got to a stage where I realized that no one was going to move with me. I assumed that this is what everyone wants out of life. They want to go and live in a big city and, and, and you know, kind of live that kind of lifestyle. And I realized that no one was going to go with me. So I have to go by myself. And so when I was 27, I moved over to London. And um, when I told my friends, they said, uh, oh, it's about time. You've been talking about that for long enough. And it goes back to this idea that I thought that that's what everyone else wanted. And I was just waiting for someone to kind of grab me by the hand, if you like, and say, come on, we're, we're moving to London. Um, and I decided to go on my own. And I think the big lesson in that is 
that you don't have to wait for other people to do or not not everyone wants the same things that you do out of life and you don't have to wait around and and I think as soon as that happened it made me realize that I won't wait around for other people to do what it is that I want to do and that was the huge lesson to come out of that like I waited for so many years on the assumption that other people wanted the same things so I suppose for a long time I was very interested in living abroad and I and and when I was going to London eventually the idea behind that was to make money because you could make more money in London earn in sterling and then travel and live in Australia which is kind of like um it's kind of like the done thing it's like a rite of passage here in Ireland like a lot of people spend time living in Australia traveling if that's something that's of interest mm-hmm. um so yeah it very much was kind of part of the bigger plan if you like but it, it's so interesting that you say, you know, that you learned from this already. Yeah. It's, you know, don't wait for somebody. If you are interested, just go ahead. And even if this isn't a, you know, a typical thing necessarily for everybody. And now you mentioned, so you traveled then around and, um, you know, Australia. Like, can you maybe share a bit more what kind of like, you know, transferable skills mm. you've learned from doing that yeah yeah well so um so I lived in London for I ended up staying there actually for three and a half years which was much longer than I had anticipated but I absolutely loved living there so much and the only reason I left was the rules around the Australian visa um were a bit funny you had to apply I think before you turn 30 and then arrive in the country before you turn 31 or something. There were some mm-hmm. crazy kind of rules around it anyway. So, um, uh, so I, I, I did that and that meant that I had to, to leave London um, earlier than I would have liked. And I think they've changed the rules now, of course, it's like 35 or 36 or something, <laughs> you know, but um, uh, I, I traveled initially around Southeast Asia for five or six months. I started off with a friend for, uh, five or six weeks we we traveled together and then she went on to Australia earlier because she had applied for her visa before I did and needed to activate it and stuff like that and I suppose for me like so many skills it's the planning it's the budgeting it's the communicating with other people and um you kind of being having that social awareness that you're you're not taking risks that are too high but you're also not 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 taking any risks at all because you need to be able to travel around. You need to be able to trust people and that they have your back and that they are looking out for you. And like, there's so many instances of taking public transport there where you don't speak the language. And there was one time where three of us together bought tickets for a bus, an overnight bus in Laos. And um, we uh, arrived at the bus station later that, that evening to take the bus. And there was a guy and there was myself and my friend and he somehow got onto the foreigner bus, let's call it, because, you know, there's a the foreigner bus and there's the local bus. And they said they had no record of our booking. And we ended up on the local bus and we got dropped in the middle of nowhere then. Whereas he when he we met up with him subsequently and he had he got dropped off in somewhere that was um, much more central with with lodgings and, and hotels and guest houses around, whereas we got dumped in the middle of nowhere with you know it was pitch black it was the middle of the night and we started having to knock on doors you know just experiences like that and um, I guess it, it teaches you a bit of resilience as well because you can't get bogged down with like fear and 
what's going to happen? You have to just pick yourself up and be like, right, we're in this situation. What do we do? And we just knocked on doors until we found somewhere overnight. The next morning it was bright. We could see then like, this is where we are. And actually it was the other side of town um, across a, a big kind of field is where the main tourist area was and where we should have been dropped, but we weren't. Um, but yeah, it's just little things like that, I think. And then, so that was kind of the travel and it's the, like I said, the planning and the budgeting and having that level of self-awareness and social awareness. Um, but then living abroad as well, like living in Germany for the summer that I mentioned um, and just interacting with people from different countries and, and being curious about them, about their own background, about their traditions and about their, you know, because when I worked in Germany, there were, we worked with people from all over. They were from um, Eastern Europe. There were people from Nepal. And um, yeah, like lots, lots and lots of different countries and, and maybe one or two um, Germans as well. But I think the Germans were kind of more the management. And then similarly in Australia, there were people, you know, there were people from Australia. There's a lot of people from the UK um, there were people from Singapore, there were people from lots of Asian countries as well. So it's kind of, I suppose, having that understanding of like, not everyone is the same as you and going in with this level of curiosity rather than judgment about what it is they're doing and how they're approaching things. That's, that is so interesting. You know, as you know, I've lived in different countries and I've traveled as well in, and I feel this, you know, going out of one's comfort zone, mm. like on a daily or multiple times a yeah. day from yeah. looking at food that one might not recognize. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think it's it, so it's, true, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't even thought of that. And, and I think at this stage in, in my life, in my career, I probably spent a lot of time stretching my comfort zone and, and going out of my comfort zone. And I think the first couple of times you do that, it's scary. But when you do something and you do it on a repeated basis, then it becomes less scary and that you're stretching that comfort zone. So now your comfort zone actually encompasses those things that previously scared you. Um, and exactly like you say, the food, like some of the food in Southeast Asia, we'd visit the markets and you wouldn't, you wouldn't know what some things were. Um, you know, and, and I tried different like bugs and, and things like that. I ate street food. Um, I got, uh, when I was traveling in Southeast Asia, I got food poisoning three separate occasions. Um, so learning to deal with that as well. So the first time I think was with a friend, but two subsequent times I was on my own. And you're just basically in a, in a guest house, in a room on your own between the bedroom and the bathroom, essentially, when you have food poisoning, there's not much else that you can do. You need to try and get some food in and, and things like that to keep yourself hydrated, keep yourself um, fed. But yeah, you know, like <laughs> talk about being out of my comfort zone. That, that certainly was. And, and having that resilience to be able to bounce back as well. Right. And and the courage to keep going and saying. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. The courage to keep going as well. Yeah. Rather than. And that, that um, kind of sticks in my mind, actually, when I was going. So I, I lived in Australia for a year and a half. I traveled extensively while I was there. I traveled around New Zealand as well. And on my way home from Australia, I traveled around the States and a little bit of Canada as well. Um, I went to Fiji. I went back to New Zealand to visit friends. I went to um, Hawaii then and met up with some family there. My parents flew out to meet me. It was amazing. And, and I traveled 
um, like I say, in, in parts of Canada, I went, uh, um, where did I go? I went to Whistler and I went to um, Victoria and I went to Vancouver and Montreal in Canada. And then I went, um, sorry, yeah, this is not then because uh, I, went, I was on, when I was on the West Coast, I traveled from San Francisco down to LA and I went to Denver and I went to Seattle and Portland. And then I went to uh, New York down to DC and uh, Philadelphia as well. Like I just traveled so much while I was there. I came home for Christmas and I made the decision at that point that I was going to travel some more. Um, and so I, and I did this very scary, you know, I was really like I, South America, the perception I think is that it's really dangerous and there's loads of drugs and things like that. I think the outside perception is that. And it was something I knew I wanted to do. And I kind of thought I had to do this on my own because I didn't know anyone else who wanted to go. So I, I remember distinctly before that I was so afraid of going, but I still, like you say, I had the courage and I, and I went anyway. So I, I traveled back to New York. I went to Miami to visit a friend and then I flew to Buenos Aires. And exactly that, like, the, the entire time my mom said if you at any point want to come home there's that's no problem you just hop on a flight get yourself to America and then fly back to Ireland you know it's not the end of the world and and so with that in the back of my mind it did take me a couple of weeks to settle in I do speak Spanish it had you know it took a while for it to come back to me um but I, I spent five or six months then traveling around South America and that was an incredible experience as well that's you know it's i i can so relate i was i was um in mexico and belize for about three months in total by myself mm -hmm. so yes. yes i can yeah. completely relate um yeah courage i think is is the right word <laughs> <laughs> and so now when you reflect on this what would you have liked to have known before before you did all of this traveling and living abroad? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, actually. Um, I think going back to my earlier point about when I moved to London, I think if I had moved to London earlier, that probably, like if I hadn't waited around for someone else to take me, then I would have moved to London a lot sooner. And I think I could have done that. So that's kind of lesson number one, if you like. Um, another one was that, while I enjoyed traveling on my own, I think the, the best experiences that I had were those shared experiences. And I did meet some people who are lifelong friends on my travels. Um, and when I had shared experiences with them, like it was just, it was just really, really nice. And I think that that's one of the beauties that you can, it's not just your own experience that you can look back and you can have a chat with someone about a shared experience that you had. So I think bear that in mind. And you don't always meet people that you necessarily connect with. And there were certainly loads of periods of time where I was quite lonely. Um, but I think if you're feeling that way, then you just, again, need to get out of your comfort zone, have the courage, go out, go to a bar, go to a restaurant, go to a, um, you know, a, somewhere where backpackers hang out essentially and just get chatting with people and, make friends and and certainly before I went one of my friends said um uh I so I would have been 30 at the time I think but but when I was speaking to her I I, I guess I was around 29 and she was like oh like no one has ever seen a 29 year old backpacker 
when in fact <laughs> you'll find the people the the range of ages of people who are traveling who are kind of have that nomadic lifestyle almost or even just taking a year out or six months or two years or whatever it might be actually the the range in ages is so great you know from you know straight out of school and to people in their 60s and 70s you know like so don't let anything like that stop you I think where you know I was a bit on the defensive because she had said that um but actually when I started traveling I saw that there's such a variety of people who actually do that you know yeah it's it's so interesting and it's such a diverse group of people yeah that you know travels and so I I really appreciate you sharing your story because I feel it's so important you know somebody who might be an HR or a business leader listening to you and hearing all the skills that you have learned. Mm -hmm. And so the next time somebody sees a resume and they might say, you know, a year or two traveling or working abroad, what what these skills are that yeah. have been, you know, gained by doing this. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I must check actually on LinkedIn because I know that they've added, and I, I know because of you, Karen, that they've added this um, uh, stay at home uh, care and mm -hmm. things like that. I wonder, is there an option for travel? And wow. interestingly, when I returned to Dublin to start working again, that would have been in 2013, uh, a friend of mine had to point out to me that, you know, think about all of the skills that you gained and your the, the way that I approach things will be completely different because I've had these experiences and how I interact with people, how I communicate with people like don't downplay all of those additional things that you have because of the experiences that you had, you know, and really big those up on my CV. So it's not just that like, oh, I spent time traveling. It's I gained this skill and this skill and this skill because of the experiences that I had while I was traveling. Yeah, it, it's, it's so important. And I was reading this quote the other day where basically, you know, especially if you've returned, say, back to your own country or town, For other people, you might appear to be either like you were before. Exactly. But, but for you, you you have changed. You have grown. You have, you know, expanded your experiences. And I yeah. feel it is important to <laughs> let people know about, especially when applying for a new job. To, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So don't discount it. And, and like I say, I must check on LinkedIn to see, do they have that option? And if they do, then I'll add it. I think I, I mentioned it somewhere along the way, like in one of my experiences, I say after a period of X number of months or X number of years of travel, um, I started this role um, just to, to kind of give a better understanding. But um, yeah, I, I need to kind of big, big it up a little bit more, I think. I think so. I mean, just what you described in our conversation today is amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, you know, given the whole COVID situation, I don't want to keep you too long, but I just love to know. So you're going to Tenerife. Yeah. And um, so like, you know, how will that compare to what you have done previously you think as far as the traveling aspect yeah um again another really great and interesting question karen um i wanted to take a sun holiday like i'm sure it's similar where you are but the winter time the days are short it's cold it's wet 
it's dark and you know it's it's not it's not entirely pleasant to to be here during winter and i thought i'd love to take a break sometime maybe in november and um a friend of mine was going to Portugal uh, for a month and she was saying, oh, I'm going over here, but I'm, I'm going to have friends visiting. She's rented an apartment and she's going to work from over there for a month. And I was telling her about like, oh, I'd love to go like somewhere like Tenerife where I know it's going to be warm that time of year. And she goes, oh, well, I was thinking of going to Tenerife actually in January. And, you know, what if you came with me and we rented a place together and, um, you know, we could do some co-working or remote working from there. And so um, I just, after a few discussions, we just said, yeah, let's just go, you know, let, let's book it. The flights were quite reasonable. The weather is going to be like 23 degrees compared to like five or six degrees probably here or even lower, it could be. Um, and so, yeah, so we decided to go. And I suppose the, the big difference with that is when I was traveling, I wasn't working. I saved up my money. And, and if you want to know my philosophy around that is I always like to save more than I need and spend less than I have. And so people think I won the lottery or something, but that's my whole philosophy is say, you know, you save the money that you need to go traveling and then you spend less than you have. Like, it's not as if I was living it up in hotels. I was staying in, in hostels, backpackers, guest houses, that kind of thing. I was eating cheaply. Um, and so the difference with Tenerife, and I've never really done this before. It's, it's kind of like, let's say an extension of COVID. Like, I mean, I'm working from home here anyway. Right. So I'm in Tenerife. I'll be working from home in Tenerife, you know, much warmer climate, um, cheaper living expenses, um, all of that kind of thing. And probably reduced working hours. And, and, and again, taking the lessons from COVID right. from those two weeks of like, what's a real priority here? What do I really need to get done? Rather than creating busy work for myself, uh, I can take more time in the day to get out and enjoy the sunshine, to go for a nice walk, to go for a hike, to go for a swim in the sea, you know, all of these lovely things, go out to a nice restaurant, enjoy some wine on, on the balcony in the evening, things like that, rather than focusing just on, you know, work, work, work. Yeah, it, it is so interesting because what you're describing is, I feel, you know, many more people will be, you know, doing remote work in yeah. the future and in what you just described, like in a co-working manner somewhere else. Yeah. And, and you know, experiencing by doing this also, you yeah. know, different cultures. And, exactly. you know, so so it, it, it'll be really interesting. And, you know, I'd love to catch up yeah. once you've done this to That's understand crazy. what yeah. you've learned from that. Yeah. So And um, interestingly, I have on my list of things to do for my podcast, for when I return from Tenerife is to do a podcast all about the lessons that I learned from, you know, from what I did. Yeah. Mm. And I, I just think it's, you know, it sounds really interesting and yeah. And sunshine, I have to admit, I've lived in Arizona for 14 years and I feel yeah. <laughs> in that time, I probably accumulated enough sunshine for the rest okay. of my life. So right. I'm actually reasonably happy with rain for most yeah. of the yeah, time. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So, well, um, is there anything else, Eva, that you would like to share with our viewers or listeners today? Yeah, I think um, it really, if anyone would like to connect with me, I'm always open to connecting here on LinkedIn. Or if you're listening on the podcast, uh, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. And I'll spell out my name because, like I say, it's a bit unusual and people don't always get it. It was spelled A-O-I-F-E. 
O apostrophe B R I E N. And um, yeah, so I'm always open to connecting. If anyone wants to know more about what I do, um, something we didn't talk about today, actually, we, did, we touched on courage and getting out of your comfort zone. But um, something I speak a lot about is this idea of imposter syndrome. Um, so I, I have two websites, if I share both. One of them yeah. is impostersyndrome.ie, and that's imposter spelled with an E, and that's all one word. And then .ie is the um, the code, the, what, the URL, I don't know, what, whatever you call it for <laughs> Ireland, much like .ca would be for right, Canada. Right. Um, and uh, then my other website is happier at work again all one word happier at work.ie and you'll find links to my podcast from there as well and my services thank you so much and i will be sure that once it is a podcast episode it'll you know i put it in the show notes and then after we finish talking now i will put it also in the comments so people who are interested can you know click on that fantastic And, and it's been such a pleasure talking with you again Likewise. I always love our chats Karen yes yes <laughs> and and I really hope that next time we talk you will feel even better after <laughs> COVID oh, too yes. I hope so too yeah, yeah 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 thank you so much for listening to the show we hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas to keep listening to future episodes please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye!